Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Good, everybody. Welcome to a Friday <laughs> edition of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation alongside RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. RJ, how you doing? Before we get to that, let's go to BLG. What's up, BLG? <laughs> oh, nice little misdirect there, Stats. Um, glad to be here with you as we are every Friday live here on the SB Nation NFL show. It's a great time to be alive. It's... uh we're wait, heading into week four already. Season flies by fast. Almost a quarter of the way through. It's exciting times. This is my turn. Reginald. Uh, Reginald. Up, um, okay. Uh, anyway, um, it's it's a great privilege to be with uh, with my great friends um, talking about the the great league uh, of national football. Um, a very happy Friday to everyone. Uh, I wanted to let Brandon know something at the very top of this. Stats, uh, I know that you are an ardent listener of the NFC East Mixtape, which is a show that BLG and I do covering the NFC East. Obviously, you can listen on any of the four NFC East podcast networks here at SB Nation. And at the beginning of this week's episode, I said it's the fall. It's really exciting, et cetera, et cetera. I'm excited to make baked ribs. And, and Brandon gave me some pushback on that, like, baked ribs like that's that's like a, a fall thing whatever this and that well i will have you know brandon that somebody commented on the blog of the boys youtube channel and said love blg but rj's right fall baked ribs are the best and charmander is the only correct choice ever brandon noted that uh bulbasaur was his starter in pokemon when he was a kid incorrect well, if you make those ribs they'll fall off the bone so i guess there you go no, I think baked ribs is. I'm on Team RJ on this one. I had to say. Let's I go. That's, that's definitely, a fall that's exclusively thing. a fall thing. That's no, it's not. It doesn't have to be. You're not going to do it in the summer. My whole pitch stats was like, it's it's cooler outside. Like it warms the house up. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's kind of a nice fally smell. That was my whole thing. And he was like, "What baked ribs? Oh, I only eat butternut squash in the fall." Like it was so stupid. <laughs> if you were playing Family Feud, there's no way you're guessing like baked rib is one of the like name a top fall thing. There's no way that's coming up. That's in fair. The, the top 100 answers. Well, I do sorry like- that I and I marched to the beat of a different drum, but it is a fall food. I think everyone, once you say it, people are like, yeah, I could totally see that. You were like, hey, this is a completely alien idea. So you've been proven wrong. Team Stats, Team RJ, Team R's. Cannot wait to see uh, how many R's show up in the icebergs later. Oh, God. All right. Well, you know, I do like BLG's Family Feud Fast Money defense. That was pretty good. You're kind of swaying me a little bit, BLG. All right. Before we go any further, I want to remind everybody, please, uh, remember, we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're new to the show, we are going to break down everything we saw on Thursday Night Football, and then we will preview every game of the Sunday slate. We'll make our picks or our locks of the week, our same game parlay. We got a lot to do today, gentlemen. Let's get right to it. We'll start with Thursday night football. Congratulations, Cincinnati. You get the 27 to 15 win. But unfortunately, overshadowing the result of the game is a really a scary injury to Tua Tungavailoa. His head slammed into the turf. I believe it was the second quarter. He went into the fencing posture that we see with the arms and the hands up. Uh, he was taken to a hospital by ambulance for head and neck injuries. Now, the latest reports are, as the time of this recording, he had movement in all his extremities. He was released and traveled home with the team. This was the most upsetting part of the report. There was no structural damage. Like, 
we're not talking about an ankle or a knee here. We're talking about a head, a skull, and a spine. So, I mean, I, ultimately, it's good. It was just a scary thing to say. He will have an MRI, and he was reportedly in good spirits. But this was a scary thing, RJ. Um, stats, not to take a shot at you because I know you agree with me here, uh, but you left out what the Amazon broadcast did at halftime. You said that this, this injury happened in the second quarter. The Amazon broadcast crew, you know, the halftime, and not to take any shots at them specifically, um, went the entire halftime show without mentioning what happened last Sunday. That that was That's a big part of this story is that Tua, um, in the second quarter of that game as well, uh, against the Buffalo Bills, went down with what looked like a head injury, the way his head slammed into the, the ground, unfortunately, had the wobbly moment, the wobbly posture, and and the entire fallout, Mark Schofield wrote about this for us at SBNation.com, uh, was really kind of gross, really kind of sick, really just kind of, can he walk? He can play. Okay, let's do it. The Dolphins win, and that overshadowed that. So there's all this like purposeful overshadowing happening here. Um, it's difficult to talk about the Dolphins, right? Like they, they now have a loss. They're no longer undefeated when this is really sad. I don't know. I don't know who looks good here. I, I mean, there's there's nobody who who, who isn't at fault, uh, nobody who isn't to blame. I feel very badly for Tua Tungavailoa, for his family. Kirk Herbstreet told us a thousand times that his parents were there. We don't need to hear this over and over again. We don't need to see the slow motion replay of it. I, I just really was so disappointed um, in all of this. And and I think I, I, I'm not trying to say, like, I would do a better job, whatever. But it was really handled so, so awfully. And not just on Thursday night not just in the second quarter, not just at halftime. Uh, over the course of the last few days, I think the Miami Dolphins have, have really failed, too. I think the NFL has really failed, too. I think Mike McDaniel, we, we love to sit here and hoist up Mike McDaniel. He's so awesome. This is a really, really bad look for him. And I know he came out and kind of had this, this smarmy, um, intelligent remark, Brandon, about how, look, we follow the protocols, et cetera, et cetera. Mike McDaniel is not a dummy. We sit here and we talk about how smart and wise he is. Um, he knew what was at stake, and we're all making an assumption, admittedly, um, but it, it felt like Mike McDaniel was not willing to make that assumption in the name of winning games. The Dolphins follow the protocols is just not true in the sense that they were just stripped of draft picks not that long ago. Different thing, obviously, but it's not like we're above reproach. Uh, <laughs> I have a tough time talking about this from the standpoint of like, it's not like you have like a take on this, right? It's not like, I think actually Tua should have been playing. You know what I mean? It's not like, I feel like everyone's pretty much maybe except for, you know, some notable exceptions possibly on the same page about this, that it's not what you want to see. It's a bad situation. It's mishandled. The idea that it was his back when his head clearly hit the ground uh, against Buffalo and he stumbled. Like there's this, there's a lot of like, like Charles McDonald mentioned when he was on the, uh, the gauntlet episode with you on the SB nation NFL show earlier this week stats. Um, I don't have anything like unique to say that hasn't been said already. So that's why I feel like it's kind of tough to talk about in that standpoint. I agree with everything that RJ just said and everyone's really been saying and co-signing. Um, and that's really all I can add. This is what I don't like about the situation. I don't like when people just act like we can't see what's going on. Mike McDaniel was asked if he was 100% certain that Tua did not have a concussion last week. And his response was, yes. People don't stray, he said. We don't mess with that. As long as I'm the head coach, that will never be an issue. Look, Mike, like we have seen the history of concussions in the NFL across many teams and many coaches. And what we have seen is kind of what you said, RJ. If you can walk, you can play. And this is like a real simple change. And I think Roger Goodell, he needs to get the owners he was in at the a game. room. He needs to get the owners in a room before one of these 50,000 league meetings that they have. And he needs to say, look, we got to change the rule. If you have a hit where you get up and then you stumble like that, you are automatically out for the rest of the game and you're out for the next game too. Especially if you're on a short week like the Dolphins were. And they got to vote on that and they got to change that because Goodell should say to these owners, look, there's two things that can take down this empire that we have. One is if people don't have confidence that the games are on the level. And two, if we have guys getting hurt like this, and like we saw, Amazon is showing 50,000 times the slow-mo zoomed-in picture where two of his fingers are all twisted. I mean, it was it was haunting, that shot. Those are the two things that can bring down the NFL. They can fix this clearly, easily. It's not difficult. It's 2022. We shouldn't be having this discussion. I um. You know, I, I I thought two things. I, I thought about Josh McDaniel, um, Josh McDaniels, excuse me, um, 
because everyone's been giving him such a hard time, right? Like, oh, the, the Raiders are 0-3. Like, he's really losing. He's really falling apart. He's really proven how he, he's not ready to be a head coach. And it's like, his team sucks. But, like, that's his, like, greatest crime right now, right? Like, I'm, I'm more disappointed in Mike McDaniel than, than I am Josh McDaniels. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I, I was thinking about that. I mean, just just because, like, he, he let a player down. You know, like, there was the – I don't know if either of you saw this, the, the Twitter thread from Tyler Columbus on, um, on Thursday about um, Josh and his time in Denver. But I just thought about, like, you know – we sit here and we throw all these roses at, at coaches who are like people like Mike McDaniel because he's fun and he he's interested in like the latest Yeezys drop or whatever. Like, and it's like, dude, this was a really, this is an awful look for him. I mean, like an, an, and a terrible look for a Dolphins organization that is clearly willing to cut corners in, in some facets, like the mm. tampering thing, which is, is not at all the same thing here. Um, this, this was just, it was really sad. I mean, like it was, it was such a, and the dolphins have been such a fun story. It's, it's just really sad to kind of have the rug from that pulled out. Um, I feel really badly for Tua and and I don't, I don't know what comes next, but, but I do feel like, um, you know, the, the dolphins are, are just a mess. I'm, I'm really just bummed. And getting into like the football, you know, analysis of it all, which I'm, I don't blame anyone for, or it feels weird getting into that, but it's like. You know, from a strategic standpoint, does it make sense to like risk your quarterback's health like that to play in a Thursday night football game and not think about the bigger picture? Because now, okay, get off to this three and no start. You're arguably the best team in the league. And now it's like, you know, what what's the future of your quarterback and what's the future of your season now? So, um, you know, it's not only, you know, jeopardizing the health of the player, but also like what's really ultimately good for the team as well. So like who really wins here? And also from a standpoint of like, I kind of, you know, watching the Amazon post game show last night, like I kind of felt bad a little bit. Not that like Bengals fans are like victims by any means. I get like, you know, Tua's health is a priority. We should talk about that and the not just his health, but also what it means for other players in the league. But it's kind of a bummer. Like if you're a Bengals fan and like, you, you have this big win to kind of like save your season, go to two to two. And it's like, it's just kind of a forgotten part of the game. Like they brought up Joe Burrow after the game and, you know, it just, it felt like kind of weird. And like, he has to answer immediately about like to his injury and everything. So that's the point is like these kind of injuries is kind of they put a damper on everything at all levels of the sport. It's just not good for the sport. I agree, RJ. Like, you don't even need to keep Tua out because you have to care about Tua necessarily. You could do it for a selfish reason and just to protect the fortunes of your team going forward. There's no reason why he should have been in this game. There's absolutely none. And now, you know, look, all the reports so far have been good. Hopefully he's okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess for Miami. It's the first real test for Mike McDaniel and he flubbed it. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but Congratulations, Cincinnati. You do get the win. You are two and two. And this is the most trivial of all things, but I still want to mention it. The Cincinnati Bengals should never wear any other uniform ever again. Mm. The all whites are beautiful. Um, <sighs> I would like them more. They have the orange trim around the font on their names. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I need that. that on the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not enough. Like, no. I don't need there to be an overwhelming amount yes. of orange, but you have to have like, like a kiss of orange um for the purpose of the bangleness and everything like that so if, if you trace the numbers in orange i'm with you stats like it's it's perfect in that sense i don't really like the i do like the orange from afar too it was really cool to see like kind of a more zoomed out pick and you kind of like it's, it's very subtle but you can see there's like a flare there i don't love the regular bengals colors still on the uniform like they still like the orange b like that kind of ruins it a little bit for me the logo so stupid like why I, is your logo a b you have a also, tiger towards. i agree <laughs> also um, I think where I come down on them is like, I really, I want to like them more than I actually do, which is a bit Agreed. of a bummer. Uh, I think the helmet is the best part by far. I, I like how the helmet looks. The jer- like They should be cooler to me than they, they really are at the end of the day. Um, so that's a bit of a bummer to me. Um, Stats, why do you like him so much? I just think it's, it's clean. It's unique. Like they, they've had bad jerseys for a long time, which is crazy because they have a cool mascot, you know, a cool logo and a cool colors and they've kind of botched it. And I like this, the fact that they're finally starting to get back on the side of the right. And I disagree. I don't think they need any more orange than they have, but they're two and two now. Do you, what do we think about the Bengals? Cause we haven't really talked about this side of it. Do we think that maybe they can kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Or do you think that it, last year was still a fluke? They're still not going to be very good. And we'll, you know, that's it. That's just, they're just going to be one of those kind of mid teams. I think the next week and a half defines their season in a lot of ways. Um, counting their win against Miami. 
Um, and that week and a half includes the the Ravens Bills game on Sunday, and we'll get to that. Uh, but then next week's Bengals Ravens game. I mean, I I'm personally of the belief that you know, like the, I know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase went off last year against the Ravens. That was void of Lamar Jackson. Like I'm kind of I'm super pumped. Like I'm ready to you know let's see it. Let's let's see who's really like the kings of the north type thing. Um, I don't. I mean, like I know I said they would come down to that, but like that will be so pivotal and critical. Like do the Ravens fall to the Bills and then fall to the Bengals back to back? Um, that would be a huge thing to happen in the AFC North. Uh, my biggest takeaway, Brandon, is that I think T. Higgins, I, I've talked about Adam Thielen in this way before, but T. Higgins is the best like wide receiver two in the NFL. Um, I know people are down on Jamar Chase and people are like, well, T. Higgins is really the wide receiver. Like, I don't care however you evaluate it. Jamar is Jamar. But T, if, if we're like classifying T as a wide receiver two, so to speak, he is the best one in the NFL. Well, you saw it in that touchdown too. Like <laughs> the Dolphins were super concerned about Jamar Chase. There's like shading all their attention on him. <laughs> T Higgins gets a one-on-one matchup against Xavier and Howard. And they're like, the Dolphins are like, okay, no, we'll live with that matchup. And I guess Howard lost the ball in the lights or whatever, but I mean, he got beat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's certainly a matchup that the Bengals will take if they can get Higgins one-on-one throughout the game. So uh, I don't think this is a win that really says the Bengals are back like in there they're not in the 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 black there's like they're they're even they're they started 0-2 I know that's obvious to say with a 2-2 record but like they're back even their season is still alive uh but to RJ's point you know yeah you, you're you're ahead in your back for real if you beat the Ravens so they still have work to do just because you beat the Jets and Teddy Bridgewater does not mean you're like oh, all right we're back back pick me one two three Pick one on three. Pick three presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Feel free to beat a team outside of the AFC East. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our pick three, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Congratulations to me. Congratulations to BLG. We nailed our locks of the week last week. I had the Lions plus six over the Vikings. BLG had the Cowboys plus one over the Giants. RJ took the loss because the Colts upset the Chiefs, the team you love to hate on, RJ. Mm. You got to sit with that for a week, but you are tied now with BLG at the top of these standings at two and one. I am at one and two. BLG, since you won last week, I'll start with you. What is your lock of week four? My lock of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs, who just lost to the Colts, who are one-point favorites uh, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think it is a very clear, uh, you know, like it's not like, oh, the Chiefs, what's wrong with them because they lost to the Colts? No. I mean, is it a bad loss in one week? Yes. But was it a sign of things to come? I don't think so. I think it was more about sometimes there's weird games, um, bad luck, like weird things happen. And I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back. The Bucks, not good vibes. Defense is really good, but not good vibes. And just don't love what's going on down there. So uh, in what's basically a pick I feel good about betting on the Chiefs in this spot. Um, I agree with you, Brandon. Bad vibes for the Bucks. Uh, the football team, obviously, um, we're, we're sending our best thoughts to the Tampa area and surrounding Florida area. Um it's tough. I, I've, I've never been in this position before where I'm coming off of a loss um, in, in terms of locks of the week. Um, and just so everybody knows, um, as I, I was the last person to enter the chat today and um, my uh, my friends were conspiring against me, talking about the Lions and their injuries and things like that. Don't tell them. Don't tell, don't tell them. Don't tell RJ. You know, he's going to take the Lions. I don't care. I don't care what's going on. I trust the Lions. I really actually trust the Seahawks to be terrible. Um, the Detroit Lions, four-point favorites over the Seattle Seahawks, feels very safe. Um, I've, I've been a little bit later to the Lions party. Just kind of wanted to see them prove it a little bit. Um, that offense is, um, is is for real and that it can score. I don't know that I think it's for real from like a truly competitive standpoint, but they can score points. The Seattle Seahawks cannot. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks only won in week one against Russell Wilson and then lose every single game for the rest of the season. Detroit like by the four, the 3-1-3, three, three, pop lock, and drop it. I got to give you credit. RJ, and it's reluctant, but your Kirk Cousins analysis last week was a thousand percent on. He comes off the bad primetime performance, and you said if Kirk Cousins has a late game touchdown that gives the team the win, nobody's going to care because it wasn't in primetime. And what happened? He came down the field, throws the touchdown pass. 
nobody gives him any credit. Wow, well, you know what? I'm giving him a Lions. little credit. See? Oh, that's it, right? Oh, now, now, the, we go, now the Lions are bad. Now, right. BLG's all in on the Lions, and now the Lions are bad. BLG bet on Kirk Cousins, by the way. Took the points against the Philadelphia Eagles, just so we're clear. No, so that's not what I did. That's, I bet I'm sorry, Brandon rudely really... interrupted you, Rob. Mm. So I'm going to give Kirk a little love. I'm taking the Vikings minus three. It was two and a half. Now it's up to three because the Saints have some injuries. Jameis is not going to play. Most likely he's doubtful. No Michael Thomas in this one. Even if they were both in, I would still take the Vikings. The Saints are not it. They're trying to make a Big Mac with no special sauce. Sean Payton is not there anymore. People need to realize this. The Saints are poo. I'll take the Vikings and I will give the three points. Which team owns the Saints first round pick this year? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, that's like has nothing to do with the purposes of this conversation. I do think Andy Dalton is more functional than Jameis in some ways. I think that we, relative to context, sleep on Andy Dalton's capabilities. Um, I'm not saying that makes him amazing, but I would not be stunned if the Saints offense is is more sound. Um, It Mm. might have a lower ceiling, but it it has a much higher floor with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Hmm. I'm not worried about the red rifle. Definitely not. All right. Let's get to our same game parlay. RJ. 0-2? No, that's not right. I got to update my standings. What are the same game parlay standings? That's my bad. We sent this out on uh, Thursday. So way to go, stats. Um, yeah, you did. Okay, you're 1-2. and two. BLG's 1-2. and two. I am 2-1. and one. So hooray me. That means I get to start. This week we're going Bills-Ravens. This is a little risky. I know I know it is, but I'm still I feel good about it. Stefan Diggs over 89 and a half receiving yards in the game. I love Stefan Diggs, and maybe I'm biased because I got to talk to him for the for the Wednesday edition of this show. I just don't have any faith in that Ravens defense right now. Like they're they've been comically bad. Like, not just like, oh well, they've had weird stuff. Like, no, they've been bad. So I have faith in Josh Allen. I have faith in Stephon Diggs. I'm going to go Diggs over the 89 and a half receiving yards. You can thank me later. BLG, where are you going? I think it's a reasonable pick by you stats. Corey Davis had a decent game against the Ravens. Uh, Devontae Parker, big game against the Ravens. Uh, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, both big games against the Ravens. So I definitely think there's a path to that happening. Um, I'm going with my favorite quarterback in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, two plus touchdowns. That's currently at plus one. 15 obviously those odds might fluctuate um by the time you know things change and whatnot but the bills have not yet allowed a multi-touchdown thrower this season so this would be a first but uh they've also faced matt stafford who doesn't look right and banged up ryan Tannehill, not good and (laughs) like a concussed less injured tua so they you know hasn't been the steepest competition for them and buffalo secondary still banged up you know, Trey White still on the pup list, Micah Hyde on IR, uh, Dean Jackson and Jordan Poyer limited in practice this week. We'll see if they're able to go. So uh, Lamar Jackson has 10 passing touchdowns so far in three games. He's at least three in each game. He's doing pretty well. So I think it's a safe bet uh, for him to have at least two passing touchdowns in this game. Um. The Buffalo Bills are my team on my Madden franchise. I know everybody cares about that. And the game that I played against the Ravens was high scoring. And I do think, uh, shout out to me, you know, super potent offense. But um, I do think that like the, the, the Bills-Dolphins game was great, but it didn't live up to the offensive expectations that we all kind of had or maybe kind of wanted to have. Um, again, I know that, that that game involved the the two injury that we talked about at the top of the show. But but I do think that this is more of that. I think that this is a really, this, these are two dynamic offenses. You can make a case that these are the two most talented quarterbacks in the NFL outside of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, so I, I do hurts. think that the fireworks are going to be on display. Uh, so that being said, I will um, I, I will piggyback off of Brandon Lee gotten the uh, the six foot five uh, monstrosity that he is, <laughs> and I will take Rashad Bateman as an anytime scorer plus one ninety. He is the home run hitter, except he's not he's not like vintage Deshaun Jackson that he's capable of doing so many more things. Uh, it feels like he's he's been you know he's been cut short he's, he's been cut out he's just kind of you know moving the chains and not getting into the end zone I think we do see that I think we see just kind of these back and forth punches thrown and I think if you're going to do that if you're going to play that game somebody like Rashad Bateman's going to be uh, a big part of that uh, also shout out to Rashad Bateman wearing the number seven jersey proudly in Baltimore mm. um, who which was once worn by the legendary Kyle Bowler so if RJ's hits then you're already halfway to mine basically unless he somehow scores on a rushing touchdown so nice little stack there of course if it 
doesn't work out, things could go horribly, horribly wrong. No, Lamar's could still hit, and even if Rashad's doesn't, I mean, that's true. Mine's going to hit either way, though. Just throwing that out there. All right, that is our pick three. It is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will fly through all of these games. I cannot wait for week four. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show, it is time to preview all of the games of week four. We will start in London, Vikings, Saints, Saints getting three points like we just talked about. No Michael Thomas. Jameis is doubtful. The Red Rifle is going to be piloting the Saints most likely. RJ, where are you going? I um I love the Minnesota Vikings. I do think that their win last week was really underrated, as you mentioned, stats. If anybody else had bounced back from a tough loss and beaten the like darling of the NFL, yep. it would have been a big story. They withstood the shots that the mighty Detroit Lions offense, which is a mighty offense, um, gave to them. And Kirk Cousins came up clutch. I mean, and and it's not just like Justin Jefferson hasn't been playing well or hasn't been Ooh. producing at least. I don't want to say he hasn't been playing well. Outside Adam Thielen found a way. KJ Osborne found a way. Irv Smith Jr.'s there. We'll see about Dalvin Cook's long-term status. But, I mean, I love this offense in many ways, and that includes the quarterback. I will take Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I feel for the Saints. I feel for Jameis. I really want to see that work out. Um, no Mike Thomas also. like I mean, so, you know, I know that the Vikings are, have their own problems, but three and a half points feels very, very safe. Skull. Wow, it's up to three and a half now. BLG? No one should feel bad for the Saints. They've made this bed. Um, um, and. Yep. That also Alvin Kamara also uh, questionable to play, I believe. So not even a definite that he plays as well, which is a big deal. Uh, yeah, I the Saints are a 16 point blown fourth quarter lead by like the team that is maybe better at choking than anyone, the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> away from being 0 three right now. This is this is a team that should be 0 three. They should be with the Raiders as the only 0 three teams. And uh, again, the Eagles have their first round pick in this upcoming draft. So that's very exciting for Eagles fans. Throwing that in for no reason. It's a huge deal. Imagine like, it has being nothing so... to do with the Saints. It has nothing to do right. with their, yes, their it does. the way they're going to play. How no, dumb they are has, and how they misevaluated the roster. The it absolutely, absolutely speaks to how they misevaluated how much they suck. And that should absolutely be brought up <laughs> because it shows they don't know what they're doing. So why would you bet on that team? Give me the Vikings. If their first round pick belonged to any other team in the league, would you have mentioned it when previewing this game? I would mention that it's so dumb that they thought it was a good idea to trade a future first when they don't have a like a quarterback on their roster and they're clearly not contending and they lost Sean Payton. It was such a dumb trade and That's, they you, deserve you bad things the, uh, You did the show formerly known as The Oddcast with Brandon last year. Did he bring up the fact that the, the Bears traded their first round pick to the Giants a thousand times last probably. year? Probably. And I don't recall that. I would probably say no. But Why? I mean, I, I said that was a terrible try. Yes, I did. Because I said Justin Fields is not Has good. he brought up the I fact that, that the Broncos times. traded their first round pick to the Seahawks? <laughs> Has he brought up any of these other ones? No, it's just the Saints and the Eagles. Because they're terrible. Like, we haven't really traded about for it with, with regards to the Broncos and their being terrible, their evaluation of your boy, Russell Wilson. I mean, they're they what, traded for the problem and gave up their first round picks. But I We're both I think picking the Vikings. I think we've established the Saints are dumb. Next up, Jags going to Philadelphia. We've seen Ooh. Allen Iverson return to Philly in a Nuggets jersey. We've seen Andy Reid return in the Chiefs garb. AI. Eric Lindros returned <laughs> oh in a Rangers sweater. And now we get Doug Peterson, BLG, in Jaguars teal. I like how you didn't even mention, like, Andy Reid. <laughs> I did mention Philly. Andy Reid. 
Did you, you mention Donovan weird. McNabb? No, I didn't mention McNabb. I mentioned Reed. You oh, mentioned T.O.? I mean, like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like AI. You all, like, all the biggest ones. You went Allen uh, Iverson in a Nuggets jersey Dawkins, before all these other Eagles. Dawkins in a Broncos jersey, if you didn't say that. Uh, give me the Jags with the points here, because the Jaguars are a good team. I mean, they're second in point differential, second in DVOA, I believe. The defense, like, this is an interesting matchup, because the Jaguars defensive coordinator, Mac, Mike Caldwell, was the Buccaneers inside linebackers coach and, you know, has experience with Todd Bowles from when the Bucks shut down Jalen Hurts in the playoffs last year. So I think they can put a respectable defensive game plan together. And I think the Eagles win because they have more talent at the end of the day. But Trevor Lawrence, we've criticized before. I know you have specifically stats. He's playing well the past two weeks. He has five touchdowns, zero interceptions. The offense is clicking a little bit. Uh, Zay Jones missed practice on Thursday. So that's kind of a concern because they don't really have much at receiver outside of Christian Kirk. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that one. But I like the Eagles to win this game for sure. But I think it's not like this is a revenge game for the Eagles by any means. Like they have no reason to get revenge on their Super Bowl winning head coach. On the other side, there's every reason for Doug to want to play spoiler here and get a win against his former team that really scapegoated him. So I think the Eagles win the game. But that's a lot of points for what a game I think is going to be competitive. So I'll take the points. Um. Stats. Before we started recording, Brandon made a quip about how the Eagles are going to be in the Super Bowl. True or false? True. Okay. So me, hey, it's, week, right. it's week four. Yes. And every single week, Brandon has <laughs> bet against the mighty Philadelphia Eagles. The team, but I, the, I've the said darling, they're going to win. Uh, the darling of every, like, you know, efficiency and analytical metric. Yep. They're high in DVOA. PFF loves them. They're undefeated. They are the last undefeated team and in so the NFL. so are the Jags. Every single week. Brandon has bet against the Eagles two of those weeks. He has taken quarterbacks that he rags on all the time in Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz. All right. Look, this is going to be the win that the Eagles have that people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, the Jaguars were kind of kind of cute, kind of contenders. And the Eagles crushed them. I have nothing to add other than the Eagles are amazing right now. We'll see what they look like over the course of the entire season, but there's no reason not to believe in them covering. It's a lot of points, but the Eagles are one of the most functional offenses in the NFL. Give me the Eagles. I will lay the points. Doug Peterson obviously is going to want to stick it to his old team. I don't even care what he says. I do think that it sometimes takes like teams within the league to look at other teams who are historically bad and kind of give them credit. Like when the Bengals were good last year, I think it took a while for teams to kind of take them seriously because it's like, okay, this is the Bengals. But I don't know that that's going to happen this in this game because of the whole Doug Peterson factor. The Eagles are going to be aware that Doug Peterson is going to want to stick it to them. That said, I am. I do think the Eagles are going to win, but I'm with BLG. That's a lot of points. I'm going to take the Jags and the points in the game. I think it's going to be a, a good game. I think it's going to be a kind of game for the Jags where they sort of announce to people like, look, we're playing the big, 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 bad Eagles and we're going to give them all that they can handle. And maybe people do start to take the Jags a little bit seriously after that. But I will take the Jags with the points, though. I think the Eagles are going to win the game. Bills at the Ravens. Ravens getting three points in this game. And this is like the perfect oversimplification of what we do in the media. Because what is everybody going to say about this game? Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson, right? Here's the problem with that. Lamar is facing the top-ranked Bills defense. Josh Allen is facing literally the worst defense in the NFL in the Ravens. But no one's going to talk about that. We're just going to say, BLG, it's Josh versus Lamar. Yeah, but like I said earlier, the Bills are banged up on defense, especially in their secondary. So it's not like, you know, they're you know, peak form here. Uh, I think Lamar, as I've said, excellent regular season player. And I think he's going to continue that here and have a really good game. Um, not that I'm like down on the Bills by any means, but I think uh, his stock is trending up. They have home field advantage. Uh, if the Bills are favored by three on the road, I mean, give me those home dog points, baby. I'll take the Ravens. This is the, the Bills is fu game right like the, the bills have been pissed off about the way their loss in miami happened last week i do think that there is is a lot of offensive action on both sides wow. of the ball, as we talked about earlier you love lamar um, but you're doubting him i do love lamar i mean i'm not hedging my bets against him i i love the bills i've said that from day one and so i i stick to my convictions brandon um so i will say this is a bills win i think it's a little bit gritty but i do think that they kind of like push forward at the very end and and put an ex there's like an exclamation point you know moment for josh Allen, like a celebration at the end 
where he just is is I, I wouldn't say vindicated. I don't think he, he did anything worth like vindication, but like he he has some sort of like emotional release based on the way things happen. I think Ken Dorsey has like a really money line afterwards. Like he says something <laughs> like didn't even break the tablet or something. You know what I mean? Like and everybody like makes it's like ha ha the bills are back, good times rolling once again. It's it could be interesting. You know, we're all like the bills are so good, the bills are so good. They lose this game, all of a sudden they're two and two. Mm. You know, like it's it's an interesting little spot. Do we do we put anything into the fact that the Bills are zero and seven in their last seven one score games? Does that matter at all? Like they're used to blowing people out. I mean, I no. think it's a good sign for them because there's a lot of luck in those one score games typically, and that would indicate that they're due for some good luck at some point. I would say. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you, like th- there's regression at the mean, right? Like, like there's a fumble that can't be zero and seven way. forever. Yeah, like you know, like it, like their next seven one position games, they won't, they won't be zero and fourteen at the end of them. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's regression to the mean coming in that sense. Um, it doesn't help that you you're playing an offense. Uh, granted, the the Bills have an amazing defense, but it doesn't help that you're playing an offense that can make up for things in a hurry. Um, but to your point, stats. I mean, the Ravens lose this game. Now they're two and two. You know, taking on the Bengals next week. Right? Mm. Like this is this is a like you don't want to lose this game. I think the Ravens are in more the like, quote unquote jeopardy. I think they'll both be playoff teams at the end of the season. But it is a sneaky, each team needs this game to, like, not have to deal with some crummy start to the month of October. Not to mention the MVP narrative of all this, too. Like, you know, Lamar, Josh Allen, like, the winner here is going to have a big leg up in that conversation. I think this game uh, is going to be super tight. Since the Ravens are getting points, I will take the points. But, I mean, I have no idea who's going to win this game. The only reason I'm taking Baltimore is because they are getting points. Isn't Brown? it amazing, by the way? Sorry, stats. Speaking of the Browns, the Carolina Panthers have the two quarterbacks who went ahead of these two on their team <laughs> in the, the 2018s NFL draft. Like that's amazing. Like imagine being a Panthers fan, like talking about or thinking about this game. Let's kind of roll through some of these because some of them are not as attractive. Browns at Falcons. Falcons mm. getting one point. The story in this game, Miles Garrett probably not going to play after flipping his car. Cordero Patterson is also banged up for Atlanta. RJ, where are you going? I don't like picking the Browns, but I think that they're more stable. I think Jacoby Brissett is impressive. I think Amari Cooper is impressive. I think their that run game is impressive. I'm not minimizing the loss of Miles Garrett if he doesn't play, but I just they have more to work with. I'll take the Browns. Cordero Patterson is like the Falcons offense. So I, I'm, if he's banged up, I don't like them. I don't like him to begin with. They know how to blow a lead, as I said, better than any other team. <laughs> Browns are coming off a little bit of a mini buy here, having played on Thursday night football. And while they're not certainly like a team you want to root for, I think they have, I think their running game can kind of uh, keep them afloat here. And I'll take the Browns to win. The Browns know who they are. They know Jacoby Brissett can keep, keep them relatively on schedule. They're going to run the hell out of Nick Chubb. And if they need to make a play, Amari Cooper is there for them. They have their identity. They know who they are. I'll take the Browns. The Falcons, just, just nothing about the Falcons. Use Kyle like. Pitts at least. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like give right. us some cool stuff to, to see that the very least, if you're going to be bad. There's that meme where you're just poking with the person with the stick. Do something. Well, come on, Atlanta. Do something. I'll take the Browns. Commanders at the Cowboys. Carson Wentz is coming off a nine-sack game last week. Who leads the NFL in sacks this year? Oh, that's right. It is the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys favored by three and a half. BLG, where are you going? So I self-imposed a rule. I don't know if y'all are going to follow it. Like I don't want to do my lock of the week with the same team because I feel like that's kind of cheap. Um, but I would be with you. I would be picking this game if I didn't pick, you know, the Cowboys as the lock against the Giants last week. The Cowboys were getting a point in that scenario. It's three now, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. Cowboys favored by three. Okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, the what, this is like a no-brainer. <laughs> what is the commander's biggest weakness right now? I mean, they're allowing a lot of pressure in sacks. What are the Cowboys really good at? Creating pressure. Micah Parsons is absolutely going to force Carson Wentz into some turnovers. Carson Wentz, who uh, RJ loves to stand for, so I know very disappointing <laughs> for him, but it'll be good news for him because the Cowboys are definitely, this is like, it's a lock. The Cowboys are going to win this game very easily. Um, I've been really impressed with the Cowboys. They've, they've been able to make some lemonade that I thought was impossible. I, I don't know what it means in the long term, but but while they're figuring things out, they're winning games, which is really impressive. Um, and, and again, nobody wants to give Mike McCarthy any credit for that. They want to give it to everybody else. Um, Monday night, I, that's what uh, Brandon was talking about being one point uh, underdogs, by the way, stats. Uh, Dallas was, was uh, yeah, last a one week, point sorry. dog for the Giants. Um, I mean, 
you know, CD Lamb starting to kind of come alive and, and they're kind of starting to figure things out. Good for Cooper Rush. But Monday night wasn't even like a big Micah Parsons game and they still had a thousand sacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that, like that's that's a really crazy thing. Um, they they had just to put in perspective, we all know they had an amazing defense last year and this isn't everything. Uh, but last year they only had four sacks through the first three games of the season. This year they have 13. Uh, they're ma- and, and we all knew that the regression of the mean was coming from a turnover standpoint. Last year they had eight takeaways the first three games. This year they only have two. So the sacks are kind of their way of, of you know, sort of influencing things as much as they can to, to kind of stay afloat and good for Dan Quinn and good for everybody else. Um, I'm with Brandon. I, I think that they win. I think they, they cover. Um, I don't believe in Carson Wentz. I, I thought Daniel Jones would turn the ball over more than he did. Um, I do think that Carson Wentz will. I think he gives the Cowboys a, a possession in the red zone or something like that out of it. And I think Cooper Rush is, is capable enough to, to kind of guide the Cowboys to enough points um, to win. And so if the Cowboys get to 3-1, and 2-0 and oh in the division, I mean – you know, I, I don't it know. It doesn't matter. I, I don't know what <laughs> I think about their long-term prospects, but that that was impossible. And and that I mean, they're they're alive. Like what, whether or not you think they're true and legitimate, they are very very much alive. Especially if, they, if and when they get this one on Sunday. The Cowboys with their backup quarterback are not doing stupid things. The Commanders with their starting quarterback always do stupid things. And I want to give a little love to the Cowboys defense. They have not allowed. excuse me, they have not allowed more than 195 passing yards in a game this season, and they faced Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, also Daniel Jones, but still Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, that shout out to that Dallas defense. And like you said, RJ, they are not getting turnovers like they did last year. And that was kind of my big thing was that I thought that they were kind of a poo-poo defense. If they weren't getting turnovers, well, they're, they're hanging tough in there this year. Just to add to your point, I mean, they played two elite quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, who both have kind of struggled, obviously. But it's not like the offense is like sustaining drives, right? Like and and limiting the opportunities that they have to be out there. No, the offense has been or at least was terrible early on. I mean, they put an enormous amount of pressure on the defense. And to your point, they they didn't only not fold. They are thriving. So uh, in case it wasn't clear, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. The commanders stink. Boo, boo, boo. America's team. Oh God. Next up on the list, Seahawks at the Lions. The Lions have the second highest points per game behind the Baltimore Ravens. BLG, Lions are favored by four. I mean, no Monra, St. Brown, <laughs> no DeAndre Swift. Uh, DJ Chark missed practice on Thursday. Like, ugh, it's kind of looking dicey. At the same time, what really makes you feel good about the Seahawks? Uh, so... Four points is a lot for the Lions not having anything. Maybe the Seahawks can cover, but I don't feel good about taking them outright. I have to go with the Lions. I'll take the Lions ultimately to cover, but like a little, a little shaky there. Um, I wouldn't be feeling amazing if I made this my lock of the week, for example. Um, my feelings on this game are very confident. I would just add, um, I like Jared Goff and Jamal Williams um, in any kind of daily fantasy, regular fantasy. Like, I mean, you know, the, the Lions are... They're doing it. I think they're 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 being the fun, spunky, plucky team that we kind of thought they could be, winning some games in the process. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. Like I obviously locked them up, but if they don't win this game, it's like okay, you had a tough loss against a team that we kind of believe in to a legitimate degree in the Vikings. We're willing to give you that pass. But if you come drop this to the Seahawks, then you're just the same old Lions to me. Like like all the fun, positive mm-hmm. energy depletes a little bit if you just fold. You like you're a better team now. We we can't just say all oh, these players are out. You 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 know too bad. All old same old Lions luck. No, you have yep. to find a way. You're supposed to be a different team. I think it's interesting. Jeff Okuda was getting a lot of praise because he's had some good games against Devontae Smith and Terry McLaurin and Justin Jefferson. DK Metcalf came right out this week and was like, he's not shutting anybody down. He's got safety help over the top. I think that is fascinating. I love that. Gives mm. me a little extra juice in this game. But if you're the Lions and you're going to be, you know, the plucky team that everybody roots for, you got to win this game. The Seahawks stink. They stink. There's nothing exciting or attractive about the Seahawks. You got to win this game if you're the Lions. They're favored by four. I know they got some people missing. I'm going to take the Lions and give the points in this one. I I think this is going to be a dark. This is a lost season for Seattle. And I don't know that Pete Carroll is necessarily the guy to bring them out of that darkness. But I just think that there's their Super Bowl was week one. They've done nothing since to impress me. So I'll take the Lions and I will give the points. Next up, Titans at the Colts. Colts going for a winning streak, dare I say, RJ, the team that you hate. Colts favored by three and a half points. It was nice to see the Titans stand some ground last week against the Raiders. And I think that they're a a team much more capable 
of doing that than, than the Colts. I think the Colts win was more of a product of the Chiefs just kind of throwing up on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, stats, you have children, you know what that's like. My son's reaching the age where it's like, dude, quit drooling on yourself, right? Like the food goes in your mouth. Like you don't need to like regurgitate all of it every single time you take a bite. It makes life for us a lot more complicated. Um, and I think the Colts are narcissistic enough to be walking around like we slayed the chiefs. We gave Kansas city their first loss. We're so great. Everything that we thought was going to happen this season is finally coming together. We just caught some bad luck in the first couple weeks of the season. I think the Titans dog walk the Colts this week. Like, I am so confident in Tennessee this week. I really did not like seeing, and I shared this with you in Slack, I believe on whatever Sunday or whatever it was when uh, Albert Breer shared this Frank White right oh, quote about like, go well, off, actually, Brandon, the Jags, and I do agree the Jags are better than people thought, but I don't need Frank Reich saying that like, well, actually, our loss, our 24 to zero loss to the Jags <laughs> wasn't that bad. Like, get out of here with that. That is like the biggest, the big loser energy. That is terrible. So I, I cannot, I agree with RJ. Obviously, I said the, the Chiefs losing last week, that wasn't that big of a concern to me. That's why I'm making them my lock this week. So by that same logic, I don't think it means like the Colts are back by any means. I mean, they are by default. They're they're alive by, de- by um, just default because their division is not great. Um, but I will, I will go with the Titans here. I believe in Vrabel and what the Titans have going on more than I do in the Colts at this point. You said it perfectly, BOG. There's nothing about the Colts that I like. The Titans are getting he said, points. I've said that for months. What do you mean he I'm said it perfectly? I'm the first one to say it. I, that's really what I thought, too. <laughs> no one else has been talking about how bad the Colts are. The Titans are getting points. And not only are they getting points, they're getting more than a field goal. That extra half point makes a big difference to me. So, hooray, I will take the Tennessee Titans. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. Jets coming to town. Steelers favored by three and a half. Zach Wilson is back. And I'm just excited about this because, like, I want to see these young quarterbacks play. Like, we Mm. still don't know if if Zach Wilson is any good. I I give quarterbacks (laughs) more time, I feel like, than most people. Let's see him get in there. Let's see him play. And maybe the Jets can do something good, RJ. I traded Garrett Wilson for Brees Hall straight up in my fantasy league of record. I've got some depth at receiver, and so I really like that. Um, I have wrestled with this. This has been the one that I've gone back and forth the most on. Um, I think my willingness to give the Steelers the benefit of the doubt has expired, right? Like, uh, And that has nothing to do with Mike Tomlin. Big fan of Mike Tomlin. You bring in Kenny Pickett, like, you know, benefit of the doubt, restored. I cannot, I can't be on this ride any longer. Plus, I don't believe in Zach Wilson that much. I'm with you, Stats. I respect that. Like, you give, you know, quarterbacks some time, especially in, in some toxic situations. This is the perfect, like, he beat the Steelers, right? Like, this, like this, this would be, like, an enormous amount of juice for the Zach Wilson campaign. Um, And so I do see that happening. I just, like, the Steelers' offense is so dysfunctional. Like, dysfunctional is, like, not even, it, it doesn't exist. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's it's a root canal. That's all it is. I think Zach Wilson has enough talent to to win, you know, to win. And so by that logic, I'm taking the Jets here. Um, I can't believe it. But um, this is a, a weird time to be alive. Zach Wilson, I am not excited to see him play. He stinks. He's not good. I've seen enough to know. Like, I just, I do not feel good about him until he proves me wrong. Otherwise, in a big way. I want to see Kenny Pickett, and we're not seeing that yet. Speaking of quarterbacks, I'm actually excited to see. I'd much rather see Kenny Pickett play. Unfortunately, that's not happening yet for the Steelers. The Jets have not been even like competitive this year. I know they beat the Browns, but that was kind of, I think, more about the Browns blowing that game and the Jets you know, capitalizing on some good fortune with an onside kick and everything than it was being about like, the Jets are good and resilient. Um, you, know, you have Jets players like arguing on the sideline with coaches like Quinn and Williams was last week and uh the receipts quote from Salah not aging well <laughs> after one game I yeah I can't I can't go with the Jets here they're, they're the team with the worst record in the league since 2017 and they're going up against a team that uh even when they're not their best they're still at least somewhat stable so I have to go with the Steelers at least the Jets are when Zach Wilson's healthy they play him it never made sense for the Steelers to get on the Mitchell Trubisky ride. It was so dumb. It was so foreseeable. We're already in week four. And what are we saying? Oh, maybe they need to make a quarterback change. Like, yeah, no bleep. Who could have seen this coming? Oh, wait, everyone. Mitch Trubisky stinks. The Steelers need to make the switch. And they won't. I bet they won't do it during the game, right? Because the Steelers like to be Mr. Stability and all that crap. They're going to keep the Jets in this one. I really think that I think they're going to keep the Jets in it. I think it could be a game where Zach Wilson has to make one play and they could potentially steal one. I'll take the Jets. Give me the Jets and the points. 
I'm so down on Pittsburgh and what they're doing. If I have to see another video of uh, Pickens freaking out because mm. Mitchell Trubisky is not throwing him the football when he's wide open, I don't like anything the Steelers have going on right now. Are, but you look like you were going to say something, RJ. No, I, I just like – have y'all seen that Big Ben has a podcast? Like And, and like, mm. I don't know. I just feel like – Too many podcasts out there. No, Nobody like, listen to this podcast and <laughs> no, no other like, podcast. I, I feel like – um. Like when certain people talk relative to certain organizations, it's like a big deal, right? Like there's a lot of those for the Cowboys, but, but like you know what I'm saying? Like it, there, there's there's the, it's like I feel like big like who's really like who's taking this word and being like, well, Big Ben said. I just like all all of this is weird and 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 just I'm I'm so down on the Steelers. It's a bummer. Like I'm I really am down because the the story of how they always kind of like patch things together is so cool. Um and and it's weird to see them kind of getting in their own way. I mean, they patch things together. They don't go under 500. It's like, when was the last time the Steelers were a legit threat to win the Super Bowl? Isn't that the goal? The goal is not to just finish above 500. Mm, call them out. Drag them. Yeah, calling them out. They uh, lost the Super Bowl to Mike McCarthy. Everybody remember that. <laughs> Bears are in New Jersey to play the Giants. Giants are giving three points. Justin Fields, BLG, is utterly terrible so far this year. <laughs> he, he sucks man <laughs> speaking of players who just suck he is so bad it's it's like this is literally tim tebow level of not throwing the football this is like setting the nfl back i believe it's since like it, 2007 since we've seen a quarterback not pass the ball at at this rate it's crazy our good friend or at least my good friend uh shio kapadia had the exact stat 23 completions in the first three weeks it's the fewest by any NFL team in the last 15 years. He stinks. He's bad. I know, I'm well aware, that he is not set up to thrive in that environment. But it's one thing to not thrive, and it's another thing to like be like unplayable and look like the worst quarterback in the NFL and like you don't even belong on the field. Like That's a whole different thing, and that's not just all the situation around him. At some level, that is him. And we already brought up the comment, I think, last week about how he like you know was kind of dissing the fans and everything. Right. I just... It's crazy, though, because there's a very realistic world where somehow the Bears win this game anyway, in spite of all that, in advance to three and one for the time being. But I can't bet on Justin Fields. I can't do it. I have to take the Giants here. Um, Mark Schofield had a great write up at Espination.com this week about how Fields isn't trusting himself. And, and it's just a really, um, really great kind of assessment of his game. Uh, I'm, I'm with you entirely, Brandon. You were here earlier than all of us. I think you leapt to a conclusion that wound up being right based off of some legitimate <laughs> and true thought. Um, but but you've you've definitely cashed out, um, you know, very highly here. I mean, I, I do like we talked so much about Jalen Hurts, right? And like, is he is he really like we've actually mentioned Tim Tebow, right? Like, I feel like the two ends of the like spectrum that we were expecting Jalen Hurts to reach, like Jalen has become the positive end of that spectrum, and Justin Fields like lives at the negative end. Um, I can't take the Bears. I really want to, but like like Monday night, the Giants were so bad. But Daniel Jones at least can run around, right? <laughs> like that's like you know what I mean. Like they they have some semblance. Like they had some impressive third down conversions. The Giants are in a really bad place. Kenny Galladay. I can't believe that we have to watch a game that features Justin Fields and Kenny Galladay. Like that is so so much loser depressing to me. Um, <laughs> Saquon, like the Saquon looks good, right? Like Saquon yep. at least looks legitimate and good. Good for him. He proved a lot of us wrong. Um, so I'll take the Giants. They get to three. The winner of this game will be the worst three and one team in NFL history unless the Denver Broncos beat the Las Vegas Raiders. This is not a game that anyone should have to watch for any reason. You know, I've been on the train of Kyle Shanahan didn't trust Trey Lance to throw if you look at the plays that he's calling for him, and I think that's totally true. Well, then you got to say the Bears don't trust Justin Fields to throw. I mean, this is unbelievable. What we are seeing this is historic in terms of not throwing the damn ball. I'm sorry. I don't know why nothing is sticking to Justin Fields. It absolutely should. Three points I don't love. I wish it was like two and a half, but I'll still take the Giants, and I will still give the points. All right, let's get to some of the late games now. Broncos at the Raiders. The Raiders are the only 0-3 team in the NFL, but all three of their losses have come by a total of 13 points. Does that change your mind at anything with this game, RJ? The Raiders are favored by two and a half. I mean, this is so gross. I feel I 
I'll take the Raiders. I, the, the Broncos look so bad. I, I really want to take the Broncos because I don't believe in Josh McDaniels. Like, like the, the start has been having to call a players only meeting. Like all the all the football vibes are really, really, really bad. But they don't have Russell Wilson. And that is so strange. I don't like this like reality that we live in where Russell is this like mm. incredible weight on, on an offense. But like it, it just and I think I talked about narcissism. Next Thursday night football is like the narcissism bowl between the Broncos and the Colts, by the way. But like the Bron- <laughs> the Broncos really think like it's working. We're just figuring out. No, man, like you do not have an idea on how to run this offense. Nathaniel Hackett is the Justin Fields of head coaches. Like he he's just he has no functional ability right now to do his job properly. I'll take the, the Raiders. And I think that that like people won't give the Broncos a hard time after they lose to the Raiders, even though they should. Watching that Broncos 49ers game on Sunday night football was tough. It was like watching <laughs> paint stats. dry. It was so boring. <laughs> um and obviously, especially tough for stats with your boy Jimmy G. By the way, stats, I have been very easy on you on this on the podcast, but I haven't brought it up until now, but I just remembered you have to jump in the lake at some point, dude. We have to talk about this. The listeners demand it, or I will allow you to maybe pay off the debt like one Pete Sweeney did. But uh, uh, I mean, no. And and stats, the longer you wait, the colder it gets, like the fall temperature. Well, I mean, I, I don't I didn't set a time on it. I didn't say you had to do it this season. I will be you know, I'll let you pick the time as long as it's like by the end of like, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out a time. But uh, anyway, you have to do that at some point, and I want to get your response to that, but not before I finish up on how bad that game was. And I, yeah, the, the Raiders are own three, but like I think we can all agree they're not the worst team in the NFL, right? That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Agree, they're not. Um, they're so, not worse than the Broncos. Yeah, they're exactly. They're they're not <laughs> good, but they're not like this bad. And uh, I like them to win at home. They're due. They're due for a win. The Broncos are very bad. When the Broncos lost in week one, it was like, well, we fumbled at the goal line a couple of times. That's not going to happen. Thing, We're better than yeah, we showed. Right. When they played against the 49ers, they couldn't do anything. Anything. Russell Wilson had nine three and outs, not just nine drives where he didn't score. The Broncos are not good. I think the Raiders are not as bad as they've looked. I'll take the Raiders in this one and give the points. Wait, the we need to lake thoughts. Brandon, yeah, you just ignored the lake. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, I, I need to pay it off. 100%. Okay. 100% I have to pay it off, uh, and I will, but we didn't ever say when, and uh, I so I may delay that. Um, are you going to, like, actually jump, like, jump into, like, a deep portion of it, or are you going to, like, wade into the lake? has to be a jump. It can't be a wade. It doesn't have to okay, be a that's deep what I, portion. I, I, I just want you to be like, unsafe, when, when Hugh Jackson did jump. his, like, his thing, yeah. I know he had the yep. health issue, that, which was different, but, like, he just kind of, like, sure. walked into the lake. So I didn't know stats. You were, like, submerging yourself. Well, here's the thing. I don't live near a lake. So first of all, I have to find a lake. Mm-hmm. And then once I find the lake, I don't know the, the lay of the land. I don't know if there's like a branch or something I could jump off of. We'll figure also, it out. what kind of animals are in the lake? That's a good question. to. Yeah, answer. I don't want you. I don't want to be clear. I don't want stats to get hurt or anything. You, and I don't need you to submerge yourself necessarily. But you have to jump into a lake. That was literally the terms of the bet. Anyway. I hate lakes. Like it's a fish toilet, man. I hate it. It's so gross to me. It's so. Then why did disgusting. you do this? Like, why wouldn't you do something that? Because you, like, I didn't think of... that the 49ers would be dumb enough to do what they did. That's I also why. didn't even wager anything. <laughs> like, it wasn't there wasn't any penalty <laughs> if I was wrong. My favorite tweet of this season stats, like, and we're only at week four, will always be your tweet that. that and I'm very sad that Trey Lance got hurt, but when you tweeted out, I don't know what it was. You can tell me, but it's like I can't believe we have to go through another season with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, yeah. that will be yeah. my favorite tweet. I, I will forever be in disbelief of that. All right, let's move along here. Patriots in Green Bay to face the Packers. Packers are favored by nine. It looks like Brian Hoyer is going to start in this game, BLG, although Mac Jones is apparently telling teammates he could play, which is probably just the Patriots being the Patriots. Packers. That's it. <laughs> That's all I've got. RJ? I think if we had an award for, like, the team being given the most points – that makes us kind of go, huh? Like the, the team that like was weirdly given too many points. It's probably the Packers. Like that mm. offense stinks. Um, but have you seen the Patriots? <laughs> well, I was getting, I was getting there. Like the Patriots are that bad. I, it's just, it's very strange. Like it's not strange to see Aaron Rodgers be favored by nine, but like to see this year's Packers team be favored by nine is a little bit much. Like if I had to like emotionally hedge myself, this would be the one. Um, but I, I think the Packers, the, the Patriots are so bad. I'll take the, the Packers. Agreed. Packers are getting are giving nine. Rodgers is at home. The Patriots are with their backup quarterback. No thanks. I'll take Green Bay. Cardinals at the Panthers. The last two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks from Oklahoma facing each other. Baker and Kyler. 
Panthers are getting a point. RJ, what do you like? <sighs> yeah, this is a gross game. Um, this is one of the worst <laughs> NFC Championship games of all time, by the way. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we should just pretend it never happened. Um, I'll take the Cardinals. I don't feel great about it. Uh, by the way, I know we are tracking Kyler's performances in like Call of Duty. Um, yeah, we double, are. Double point. I'm not a Call of Duty player, but like with double points weekends or whatever it is. Um, I mean, the Panthers are awful. Like they, they are next. Christian McCaffrey might not play, right? Ooh. So like, like th- th- what has aged worse than the like Baker just needs to get out of Cleveland take. And he did to be very, very clear here. I, I don't want to say that he was wrong for that, but like maybe Baker's just really bad. Right, like that's okay. Like we, we we can all just accept that and move on. Like he, maybe he's just really, really, really bad. Um, I'll take the Cardinals. Man, Cardinals are really banged up though. They're missing like a lot of guys or not practicing. Man, this is tough. But so many, so many big loser energy vibes happening in this matchup. It's it's really incredible. I think I believe the Cardinals having a higher ceiling, and that's why I'll mm-hmm. go with it because of you know that explosion they had against the Raiders. Like I don't. It's not something I really you want to hang your hat on, but like I, there's something there, and there's something to Kyler's style of play where I think he can kind of make a play or make something happen in a good way, where I just don't have that same level of faith with Baker or the Cardinals. So I'll take Arizona and feel not good about it at all. Arizona has been outscored 56 to 13 in the first half of games this season. That is a very upsetting stat. But that said, I just ultimately have faith, more faith in Kyler over Baker. Like if one guy needs to make a play, Baker's going to throw an interception and Kyler's going to find a way to get it done. So I will take the Cardinals in this game. Sunday night football, Chiefs at the Bucks. This game is staying in Florida, which obviously there's much, much, much more important things going on in Florida, but they are playing the game. So we're going to talk about it. The Bucks are giving a point in this game. If you're a Kansas City fan, you wanted them to be able to have like a nice get right game coming off that loss this week. Well, sorry. Now you got Tampa Bay BLG. Where are you going? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, didn't I just take my lock with this? Cause at the time I looked at it, it was chiefs minus one. So now the chiefs are actually getting a point with what the way how things have swung since I, you know, made that pick. Um, it's, I said earlier, the chiefs are not like, Oh, the sky is falling because they just they lost to the Colts. It was, you know, a fluky kind of situation. They'll bounce back. Andy Reid knows what does what it has and, and knows what it takes to bounce back. Bucks defense is legitimately good. So if this line was like, you know, let's say Chiefs minus three and a half, would not feel as good about that. Cause I think it could be a tight game and just because Tampa's defense is so good, but ultimately the Chiefs are going to win this game. So uh, I like them outright. I think we see a super aggressive effort from Kansas City after the Mahomes, you know, be enemy little spat, right? I think there's like some, some, you know, fourth down they go forth and then some sort of like told you, told you moment. I actually think this is a, a Chiefs, I wouldn't say blowout, but like a comfortable win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're a little bit bored in the fourth quarter, like, ah, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, maybe, maybe Brady, you know, makes it interesting at the very late, but I, I think this is a comfortable Chiefs win. Um, the Bucks have an amazing defense, but that offense, I mean, like, that was such a sad Brady Rogers ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was so, yeah. like, sad. Like, we were trying way too hard to make it a thing. Um, give me my homes. Give me the Chiefs. I feel really good about it. Shout out to Steven Sert, our producer. Drops this note in here. Bucks offense has yet to score a first-half touchdown <laughs> this season. There's just something. I said it from the second Tom Brady left training camp this year. Something is not right with him and, you know, with maybe it's a marriage thing or whatever is going on in his personal life, whatever it is. I don't really care what it is. It's affecting them on the field. They got to delay a game penalty before the two point conversion. attempt. You're supposed to have like the ultimate game manager, head coach on the field guy, right? Like there should be no excuse for you to get a delay a game. Tom Brady should just call a play. If the play clock is running down for them to get that delay a game, I feel like he's not getting enough criticism for that. There's a piece of sand in the machine. He's broken this year. It's not going to be the same. I think the Chiefs are going to win, and I think that it's not going to be necessarily super close. I agree with you guys. Good for you. Um, do we want to pick the Monday night game? Rams at 49ers One on sentence. Monday night. One sentence. Do I get to lead it off? Is that what you're giving me? No, you have sure. to close it. I think oh, okay. you have to close it. Like Niners favored by one and a half, RJ. The times are really – the vibes are really bad in San Francisco. Go Rams. Jimmy G sucks. <laughs> that well, that was a shorter segment uh, yeah. sentence than I thought. Every time the 49ers play the Rams, they have to save their season. 
They're going to do it again this week. That's not one sentence. No, stats. Like, okay, cool. Yes, like, it that's, is. That's the worst. No, no way. Like, just because it's happened 100 times in a row doesn't mean it happens again. Like, this is this is really bad for the Niners. Like, this, I think we're, Kyle Shanahan is, like, on the verge of explosion. Like, I, I really think the well, next, yeah. like, outburst we get is going to be from Kyle Shanahan across. He the can't world. handle any criticism at all. Like, the Jimmy G lip reading thing came out, and his response was, well, I haven't watched it, and I don't plan to watch it, but I know that's not what he said. It's like, well, wait a minute, you moron. If you haven't watched it, how can you even make it? It's just, he he's dumb. He's dumb when it comes to handling the media. Orlovsky gets, you know, uh, rightfully ripped for just such a ridiculous-looking safety that he had once upon a time where he's still, like, running out of the end zone thinking the play is alive as Jared Allen is chasing him down and, like, doing the safety motion. <laughs> Jimmy G's is worse. He threw a pick six on the same play. He had a safety. Uh, that is like so much wet. So it's so pathetic that he saved himself from a worse outcome by Brandon, taking I don't the know safety. If you, um, if you if you look through stats as mentions, but I did because um, I'm a good friend um, on Sunday night. And I, stats, I'm at the point where I'm willing to say like Niners homers are the worst. I, like I think that they're the the least Ooh. attached to reality. Um, and 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 homers are really bad. Like regardless of team. But BLG, so stats tweeted out like, oh, like I don't know what you said. Stats like how stupid Jimmy like took a say to it, blah, blah. And some legit Niners fans are like, look, he didn't throw the pick. Like it, it could have been so much worse. He threw a pick. It's like oh, people did this with Wentz God. last year. People did this thank with Wentz God when he Jimmy took a safety. Saved the Niners by taking a safety instead of yep. throwing the obvious pick six. I, I, I people did that with the same thing with Carson Wentz in the Titans game last year. It's like oh, well, it's better. He took the safety and threw a pick. It's like what are you talking about? They still lost the game. The idea. That the only two options in that spot were safety or right. pick six is absurd. Right. Just throw the ball away, dude. Or if you're going to get a safety, get a safety because you throw the ball away to avoid the sack and they call intentional grounding on you in the end. Yeah, that, or get tackled that, to the ground. Do, like, do something. See, stats like we, we give Kosh Shanahan a lot of credit as like a play caller, but like the fact that he like purposefully signs up for this like really makes me question his like, decision making as a head coach. And like that's what this comes down to. I know we've seen a lot of like Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay matchups and mm-hmm. things like that. Sean McVay is not this dumb. Like, like he, he would not like Sean, like Jared Goff is a hundred times the quarterback that Jimmy Garoppolo is another JG, by the way. And Sean McVay was like, get this out of here. Like, this is not enough. You know and what I mean? That, so like, I, I trust Sean McVay more. I know the narrative. I know the Niners always have their season against the Rams, but like it, like the, the magic dust is, is over for, for Kyle Shanahan. Like his, his little duck tricks don't work anymore here. That that's the frustrating thing is that the Rams realized the problem and they got rid of it. And I know that the 49ers tried to do that with Trey Lance this year, but they also signed Jimmy G back. So they signed up they for this. And they didn't way. make him a captain. They didn't trade him. They didn't cut him. They didn't do any of those things. Like they like, they, they, they live in the chaos. They need it. And, it, and they act like there is no chaos and like everything is fine. And we can't see it. Like they just want to hide under the covers and act like the monster can't see them. Well, we can, and yeah. But I, that said, I still think the Niners win this week. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. Please rate, review, follow. If you haven't left a review, what are you waiting for? Leave a review. We will read it on the show. Enjoy the games this week, everybody. All right, come with me.